live on Facebook. Awesome. Welcome everybody to the Body Positivity Podcast. And we are super excited today because we have an awesome guest with us. Um, King Kamana. Hi. Not only is he an incredible, talented uh, public speaker, he also has his own podcast that he shares with Laura Reed, the Backstory Podcast, which I don't know about all of you, is one of my all-time favorites. So I invite you to be a part of our group this morning. Thank you. Let me unmute and say no. Mahalo to you. Thank you for uh, inviting me. And it's so great to spend my morning with two beautiful women. And so there you go. So Kane, I want Absolutely. to open up with a, with a question. What's the part of your body that you love the most? Ooh, we're jumping right into it, I see. Yeah, <laughs> so we're going to jump right in. I want to know. So I have a, a couple answers on this. I, okay. I want to say the first one would be the typical male answer. Every part. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I just came from the gym. So thinking about this, I. But the part that I'm working on that day at the gym, I have to love because I'm beating it up. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm putting some stress on it and uh, I just l- love working out. And then the third answer would be uh, the specific answer, which is the, the part I love, not necessarily the part everybody admires on me. But for me, I love my arms. I just love working on my arms. Absolutely. It's wonderful that you have a part of your body that you say that you love. I think that that is awesome, able to connect with your body in that way and feel the love for maybe something people don't notice or or what for whatever reason don't comment on. I'm curious. So I, I hear you saying or qualifying in a way and saying, you know, maybe it's not the part everybody else notices. Yeah. But what about that? Tell me a little bit more about that. Why? Why, why is it what you love and why does it maybe feel like something that other people don't notice? Well, I'm always wearing a shirt so they can't see it, Okay. <laughs> number one. But the number one comment I think I get is my smile or my eyes or something, uh, what you see immediately. And you know, 90% of, well, maybe not 90, but a lot of, of, of our body for me is always covered up. And so, um, yeah, you don't notice my arms. But if I wear a tank top like you guys today, yes, there you go, exactly. Oh man, I didn't know I got tickets to the gun show so early. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it is. You know, actually, I've I've never been this thick. Like growing up as a kid, I was skinny, skinny, skinny. I was like 145 pounds, 155 pounds in high school. You know, almost six feet, five eleven. You know, so that's really thin. Uh, it was only after I got married, really, in well, when I met my wife in 2001, and I had to eat all her leftovers that I got bigger, like naturally. I was trying to get bigger on my own, and uh, it didn't work out that way until I got married. And so, as they say, you know, when you're happy, you're healthy, and the rest is history. Yeah, I know. I don't know if you're going to ask, but I'll just say it right now. Right now, I I went to the doctor the other day. I'm two, 250 pounds which is down 10 pounds from the beginning of COVID. I was down 20 pounds during COVID and then just did some stress eating this past month. Wow, yeah, well, we, I mean, you are our first guest, so I guess we never set out a protocol if we would ask people their weight, but I don't think we would, but thank you for sharing it. I love that you're open enough um, to do that because that's not, that's also not everybody. 
for those of you who know me, I'm an open book. I mean, I'd say everything pretty, pretty much. Hmm. What's the part of your body that you feel most challenged to love? I think an average man, the, the two things that they worry about or they, they wish they had more of is height. Definitely, I wish I had more height. Uh, as a volleyball player, you know, six feet is, I always wish I was six four. Uh, but with that said, the number one thing that worries me is kind of why I'm wearing a beanie. I have this bald spot in the middle of my head. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm getting up there in age. I see my, myself and my dad, my dad, as he got older, the spot got bigger and bigger. And so, uh, yeah, the bald spot. I mean, uh, so I don't know if it's a midlife crisis, but I try. I'm trying to grow up my hair. One because I'm, uh, I love Jason Momoa, and so I fantasize about looking like Jason Momoa. Hey, I I really appreciate your vulnerability around that. And as a person that has seen photos with you uh, without a hat on, it wasn't even something that I had noticed. So um, isn't it interesting how the things that we feel most challenged by maybe aren't even on other people's radar um, as being a challenge. You know, when I saw the photo of you without your hat on, I was so struck by how, you know, confident your body posture was and your smile and your eyes and <clears throat> how inviting you were. <clears throat> and so um, I didn't even notice, but that's, that's awesome that you're vulnerable about that. And I also love you in a beanie. I've seen you in a beanie most of the time that I've known you. So to me, I, I just thought it was a cool fashion choice. It is. It really is. First, I like it better than a hat. I'm trying to think, Kane, if I've seen you without a beanie. And I you feel have. like the first times I've met you, I must have, because I've known you for a little bit of time. Um, mm. But I don't know. And I think that it's interesting that you talk also about um, the boldness. Thank you again, like Arla said, for your honesty there. I'm curious, is it something that you also often notice in other men? Like, do you, cause I, like when I was losing my hair, I felt like I paid so much attention to other women's hairlines and their hair, cause I felt extra self-conscious about it. Um, do you find that you have an experience like that or is it like you're just more like in your own kind of thing? Yeah, more in my own, obviously I can't speak for all men, but I've heard uh, that's why men, they choose to go bald, they shave it. Right, because they don't like the the middle baldness, whatever it is. So yeah, so there, I feel there is some issues as far as look, how you look. Yeah, the the thing is, I don't really take any part of my body too seriously. I think it's also a cultural thing here in Hawaii. For me, at least, I feel it's in my DNA that other things are more important. Our connection to Keokua, the land, to our family members, you know, those all those things take precedence. And in fact, there at one time, you know, most people know this about Hawaii. We have this saying, big is beautiful. If you're the bigger you were, the more beautiful you were. So in women, I think, than men, but we have that, that concept of there's no shame, aole hila hila, no shame in and how you act and what how you look. So I feel that part of me is more centered, more grounded, that I don't have major issues about my body. Mm -hmm. You but, know, Ken, I don't know a lot about that. Um, ole hila hila, you said? Can uh, you share a little? Oh, uh, ole, thank you. For uh, ole. Can you teach us a little bit about that? Just It just means no shame. 
no embarrassment. Don't need to be ashamed because if you're connected to Keakua, God, the source, the universe, whatever you want to call him, we know that this is what he's given us, gifted us, in fact. And so we appreciate it. We're grateful for it. So if that's the feeling, then why should there be shame around it? It just means no shame. I know that I've experienced that too. I love that you bring that up, especially here on the big island. When I, you know, when I personally go to the beach, I'll see people of all body shapes, sizes in, you know, speedo bikinis all the way up to fully dressed and um, people are just wearing what's comfortable for them. And and it definitely gave me the confidence to wear what was com comfortable for me too, which is usually a tiny bikini. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, um, and I love, I love that about the Hawaiian culture. I think that that's beautiful and something that the rest of the world would really benefit from embracing. Yeah, I feel we're slowly getting away from it. That's just my take on it, it's unfortunate. But um, for me, at least, you know, I'm. I'm Polynesian. I'm part Hawaiian, part Samoan. There's two cultures running in my blood and both of them really don't care about body issues. We care more about respect, things like that, you know, values. And so, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm the good, right guest for your show. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're a perfect guest for our show. Yeah. yeah, it's all about honesty and a different perspective. And I, I think that it really just lends a lot of um, Kind of different thoughts like i think it's i think it's interesting to hear and realize that there are a lot of cultural influences as well yeah. um, in in what you saw or experienced because um, i think that that plays such a big a big part of um of body positivity and our expectations and i i hear you saying you know in terms of hawaiian culture polynesian culture yeah. there's there is um a greater value of respect as opposed to the physicality but i think i think that it's interesting as well that you can still honor and recognize like yeah i do generally believe that but there are these places where i have some of these other feelings and you know about um about getting older or looking older and all that kind of stuff yeah absolutely and i think it goes hand in hand with what arliss was, ex was sharing about being at the beach looking at all the other bodies I think the trap falls into when we start comparing mm -hmm. how I look compared to how they look, right? And, you know, I've been working out at the gym lately. I mean, I've, I've been on and off, you know, for 20 plus years. So like at the beach, you see all types of body types. And, you know, sometimes if I see a nice looking guy, like his arms are bigger than mine's and more shapely, more um, lean, you know, like I start to compare and like, oh, I, I so this might lead into a question one of your questions is that i one thing i gotta remind myself is you know every everyone's body is beautiful including mine you know that's something i got i'm working with as i go to the gym and and start to compare myself so don't compare i guess this would be one tip yeah and it sounds like um when you have that old track start to come up for you of comparing that the way that you move away from that is by reminding yourself that all bodies are beautiful. Including mine. Including and all I hear of us. also like, you know, when you were talking about going to the gym and loving that part of the body that you're working on, yeah. I could see how that also helps with, with repatterning. Because I, I had, I had um, similar experiences, or I don't know if you had a different philosophy ever when you went to the gym. 
But when I was younger, like in my 20s, and I would go, it was all about punishment. It was like, you know, working harder, a new PR, like running faster, whatever that was. It was, there was like glory in the, um, in almost like the abuse or the like, the pain that I would tolerate. Um, and now I have much more of that philosophy that you're sharing, where it's like, no, I'm doing this out of love for my body. Yeah. Was, that, was that always your philosophy or um, mm. was that something you kind of evolved and developed? That's a good question. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> when I was in my early 20s, well, I always worked out, try to make my body stronger for athletics, for sport. So there was a reason to it, not, not in comparing how I looked to someone else's look, but how high I could jump compared to someone else, how high they could jump. And so mm. not so much, a, a, you know, how the body positivity part, but more the athletic part. Um, with that said, <laughs> so I ran into my daughter yesterday and she goes, you know, how's, how's working out at the gym? And I go, oh, it's going great. And she goes, well, what are you doing? Why are you going? I said, just for strength, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. And I, one thing, so the, the mental affects the body and vice versa, right? Um, so one thing I'm always thinking of as, of as a man is that my responsibility is to be able to carry stuff. I mean, I don't like any women carrying things. So if it's a bag, purse, whatever, I'll carry it. Give 10 bags, I'll carry it all. And I I don't know if that's a flaw in me, but I love it. I love doing it. But I need the strength to be able to do it. So that's the only reason why I go. And so my daughter, she hits my belly. It's not to lose weight. I'm like, no, I just, I don't care. I don't care how my belly looks. I just want to get stronger. And so uh, that definitely has changed over time. The older I got, the wiser I got, that uh, it's more meaningful purpose i guess but yeah i don't know well i could hear how that also makes you really love working out on your arms right because it's like it's another means of you yes being able to be Harry. stronger and provide in a way that like i'm hearing it sounds that's kind of interesting i've never heard a man say like i just love carrying your yeah. bag like that's so cool it's true. Um, but like i i hear that that's like part of the real why right yeah. it's like like it brings you joy. I think that's so cool. Yeah, it, it really does. I just um, I, I tell Liz all the time that, no, let me get that carry. And she's like, no, I can't. No, I got it. I no matter. And all the bags. And she's like, she's trying to get me to work smarter, not harder. Like use a cart. Like, no, I can. I want to carry it all. It's fine. So yeah, wow. definitely. That definitely does bring me joy. And it sounds like going to the gym is one of your self-care practices. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other self-care practices? Um, you know, because I don't care about my body, how I look, not really. I mean, other than, than prayer, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. to me, that connection, once again, helps me keep grounded. I, you know, there's this, I don't know if the word is tripartite, you know, where, mind, body, and spirit. So mm -hmm. if if two are, are strong and the other is weak, right, then how strong are we? So for me, maybe my body might be the weakest part of the three. My mind and my spirit are strong. And so uh, I try and connect the three and remind myself of that. And it's not about look, it's about, for me, strong strength. Absolutely. And we know from science that how we speak to our body or, or speak in our mind, even if it's not directed towards our body, uh, directly impacts our health and impacts our strength and impacts our ability to live a long life. And so 
uh, prayer is definitely a, a self-care action for your body. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's how I feel. I love Vladimir's comment in the in the chat. Arliss, why are you looking at other guys on the beach? Oh, um, yeah, because, you know, with, so I am in a partnership. My partner and I, um, you know, we both support each other in the fact that we find others attractive, you know, and we have open dialogue about that. And um, it's not something that we find um, off-putting or creates jealousy in us or anything like that. I actually kind of find it fun when he, you know, when he's like, oh, you know, that, that woman's hair is so beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, it's really beautiful. So, um, so yeah, uh, you can, you can talk to my partner if you know him about that, but we just have a lot of fun with it. I love that. As long as there's an open communication, you you guys are both on the same page. Yeah, I see how that works. It's when we hide things, we cover it up. We're looking side eye, trying not to let our partner know, right? That's when the, the disconnect happens, right? So, I yeah, that. I feel like I check more people out than my husband. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I love her bikini. Oh, his abs are great. You know, and I just like kind of like what Arliss is saying. It's it's like an open communication, and because um, I think. Arliss, a little of what I'm hearing you say, and I bet, uh, Kane, you may feel this way as well. It's I'm hearing this overall in the theme of what we're talking about with you today, Kane, that it's not really about the body, right? It's about this, like, it's about this inner strength. It's about mind, body, spirit, that connection, the relationships. Um, and then, like, like you said, like with loving, carrying things and loving your arms, that it's really more a means of how does our body serve us and how does our body serve others? Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. absolutely. I, I love that. In fact, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that thought, but yeah, definitely the mind, heart, spirit, that's strong. I, I feel my body can be strong. Mm -hmm. If that's weak, then it's hard for my body to compensate. Have you ever experienced a time in your life where your body wasn't as strong as you desired it to be and like how did you move through that time in your life in a positive way yeah definitely it was when i was struggling through an addiction so what i just explained my mental state was down in the dumps the lowest i hit ground zero mm -hmm. and i even though i never really got sick sick i looked sick you know it's uh, if you could imagine gambling three days in a row you know, not showering, not sleeping much, you know, um, but it was, you know, if my mind was right, I would have left and got a shower, got a nap, you know, came back. But yeah, it was those times when I was down in the dumps mentally that I felt my body was really weak. Mm -hmm. I heard this mm -hmm. thing once that like, <clears throat> when we are in a tough place, the, the behavior we take on is like exactly the opposite of the love language or like the thing that we know we need. Mm -hmm. Where like, like for example, um, like I, I, I would, I'll sometimes crave connection, but I'm introverted. And, and so sometimes I will self-isolate. I'm like, I can't connect to anybody. Like, oh, I'm in my bu bubble, right? But that's like, that's like the exact opposite of like what I actually want is what I is what we do as a means of like, um, protection or, or safety. Yeah, well, for me in addiction, 
no, your mind is so crossed. Everything's all uh, haywired, and uh, so I wasn't even thinking. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But yeah, absolutely. I I appreciate you stating that, uh, Diana, because I've definitely experienced that myself. And I almost wonder if it comes back to when we have to um, ask for what we need or desire in our lives. Um, especially around our bodies, like if we want to hug or something like that, it, it puts us in a place where we have to be very vulnerable, not only with ourselves, but with the person or people that we're interacting with. And, and, and that can be challenging sometimes, that level of vul vulnerability. Kane, can you think of a time where maybe you felt pressured to, by somebody else's standard or expectation to look a certain way? Unfortunately, uh, no, you know, I, I have a supportive wife. She loves me for who I am, how I look, doesn't matter. And I'd want that for every relationship, really. And um, so in that aspect, and I haven't any profession that required me to look a certain way. So I did fantasize about being a male escort when I was in my early 20s one time. And so... And so that's when I was going to gym and having that different type of expectation on how I want to work out and how I want to look great. So, but that was a short fleeting. It didn't last long. Um, yeah. So fortunately for me, the answer would be no, but you know, I could see people in the, in different professions, they need to, they can't lose weight, you know, in a, it's in a contract or they can't gain weight. Right. It's like, that's, that's kind of crazy. Crazy in a good way, because you're providing for your family, right? You're earning a living, so. Yeah, and have you ever, you know, tried dieting in your past? You know, that's mm. something that a lot of us have talked about. Yes. Okay. So I think it was in around 2016, 2017. I was doing a goal setting seminar. And I figure, you know, I haven't really hit or accomplished any major goals recently. So I wanted to prove a point to this class. So I decided you lose 25 pounds in 31 days. All right. As a goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it wasn't healthy. I fasted, no water, no eating for like four days. Wow. Drink, yeah. Yeah. It was on a weekend. I wasn't working. And so I, I could do, I just stayed home and just laid around, did very little. <clears throat> That's how I started it. And it was during the middle of Christmas, you know, all of that. So That's hard. But, yeah. Yeah. But the amazing thing, I have video of it, my, my journey, I, I, I did hit the goal uh, in the 31 days. Um, I didn't feel good about it, obviously. I did lose 25 pounds, but at, after that, so after that journey, uh, you know, people responded. I got the result I wanted as far as making the point that if you put your mind to it, you can achieve it. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the only point I made. Um, but then after, you know, I figured maybe I could try to maintain it. And so I was eating more healthy salads. You know, I'm a meat and potatoes guy. Uh, carbs, carbs is my, my number one enemy. Well, any carb, I'll eat it. <laughs> and so uh, I tried to keep it up, tried to cut out the carbs a little. Yeah, that didn't last long. But I don't, I don't worry too much about my diet. Um, I do know when I'm overdoing it with sweets or something, uh, I feel more jittery or 
So I, so I compensate that with drinking a lot more water. And just a lot of water in general is good for you. And it, you're like, oh, you know what? Recently, I, I cut out soda. So no soda. That was my enemy, my enemy number one, actually. I, I think like in a month, that's all I drank was soda. I didn't drink any water. Like really, it really surprised me. It really changed how I was feeling. I did gain more weight. I said, okay, no, no, no more soda. Let's just drink water or juice. That mm -hmm. might not be that much better, but definitely more water. Yeah. It's interesting. I, you know, one of the things that I hear you talking about is we are really able to mentally choose to do something and, and put ourselves through whatever it takes to get there. Um, and I also hear you saying um, that it was an unhealthy choice, that it wasn't fun, that you didn't really feel good doing it, and it wasn't easy or possible to maintain after. And so um, we have this mental strength, which is awesome. And then, you know, it's our responsibility to try to use it in ways that really support our bodies and are gentle and loving and kind to our bodies. And I hear you making that choice, those choices now to really support yeah. you in that. Yeah. Um, I, I watched a video, something about this lady, like she could eat, I don't know, she did a challenge like a 5,000 or 10,000 calories in a day. I think it was 10,000 calories in a day and she <laughs> could do it, do it and her, her boyfriend couldn't. But it's because she was always hungry. She always had to eat. And she was uh, a bodybuilder, you know, mm -hmm. but it got to the point where it really upset her. She was so tired of eating so much. She just couldn't stop eating. But mm -hmm. still, she was relatively lean because she's worked out every day. Um, but she saw a doctor about it. And the doctor told her, you know what? Just intake, eat more, gorge more. Mm -hmm. Why? Because then there's a... There's a natural set point that your body will get used to, and then you don't, you'll be comfortable. Uh, something about the appetite will will be more suppressed. I don't know all the science behind that, but that video just blew my mind, and I felt like that that girl, because I could just eat and eat and eat and not gain so much weight, but I just felt like, man, I'm I'm always hungry. Yeah. Yeah. So. Are you one of those people that, and I, and I mean this in the, in, in the best way that love food, that like love the taste of food. Like Diana is a person that loves food, the texture, the taste, the variety, all the ways it can be prepared. Um, it's an exciting thing. And I'm actually one of those people that like, if I could take a pill every day and never eat again, I'd be good. Like that would be awesome. Um, I mean, I, when I eat food, I, I want to eat food that I, I enjoy and that tastes good to me. And I definitely have those moments where I take that bite and I'm like, mm, you know, but if I could take a pill every day, I would, I just wouldn't eat. I would, that would be good for me. I like thinking about what I need to eat and when I'm going to eat sometimes stresses me out. So which one are you? King? Yeah, no, I definitely love food. That saying, uh, eat to live, live to eat. Yeah, I definitely mm -hmm. eat to live or live to eat. Um, yeah, I feel like Diana, except I can't eat shellfish. And I know it's a shame. I get uh, sick when I do, but everything else I'm fine with. And I, I love to eat, like I said, meat and potato. I could eat meat every day. It's not good for me, but I could. I want to. I want to. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but I'm also a big sweets guy. Oh, man. Don't get me started on chocolate. I think I shared in one of your, the very first podcast about chocolate is my, what was it? What were you talking about? 
Uh, chocolate is my safe food. Yeah, my safe food. It's on my safe food list. <laughs> That's awesome. And and Diana, I feel like I just like came out of the closet as a as a non food lover to you, <laughs> and you're so shocked. <laughs> I just I I always think it's interesting other people's take on food, and it's I honestly think it's like it's a little bit part of my philosophy that everybody has their own flavor. You know what I mean? Where it's like, like it's ne there's never a wrong, you know. Like, but what there is is your own flavor. And I think I actually think sometimes people have trouble owning their flavor. You know, whether it's whether it's their taste or whether it's you know the the wanting to be a male escort at twenty. <laughs> you know, like um, you know, and it's all about just owning that. I think. Um, but yeah, Kane, when you were talking about this woman eating like five to ten thousand calories, I'm like. Man, I wish I could do that. That sounds like a dream of mine. <laughs> yeah, it does, actually. I know exactly what I would eat. I'm like, mm -hmm, I'm ready. <laughs> and and I'm one of those people that like almost eats this every single day because I just don't want to have to think about it. Yeah. I get that way sometimes. Like I'm just like like pocho and rice, like the Portuguese sausage. I'm like, I can have that like almost every day. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely my breakfast of choice from Either Zippy's or Lilia Bakery. Uh, I went to Lilia on Thursday, actually. Got a got a waffle there. It was good. Um, but Kane, I want to ask a little bit. So I know we talked a little bit about balding. I did a um, a discussion on my on my personal just like Facebook page, asking about some of the some of this some of the like societal norms that people place on men. And, you know, we talk, we actually talked about um, carrying things that, that, that many people, there's an expectation in society for men to carry things. Mm -hmm. I love that you love it. Yeah. But I thought that that was interesting, that there can be that expectation. Can you, can you, like, does it, did it ever feel like an expectation or did it, it sounds to me like it always just felt like joy for you. Yeah, not carrying things, but I will, I can speak to this. So the funny thing is. I've only grown this out for three years. So I know Arliss, you just met me this year. Um, yeah, it's been about three years. Before, I was clean cut shaven all, right, all the time. Oh, the funny thing is, oh, oh, sorry. That's, uh, is that you, Diana? You're, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so being clean shaven, there was an expectation at church, right? All the men are clean shaven, white shirt and tie. I mean, I'm not saying that I disagree with it. I just feel I felt that to keep it up. And I was like, I went for a movie part and they required, and it was a church movie role, and they required a beard in the role. So I grew it out. First time ever I grew out a beard like this. You know, I had the goatee when I was a kid, but I kind of fell in love with it. In fact, uh, we went to set. There were 12 of us guys. We all had beards like this. And they said on the very first day, oh, thank you for growing out your beards, but we don't need it. Can you guys shave it? No. Exactly. <laughs> I, did you walk off set or did you do it? No, I, I was begging with them. I'm like, really, really? I've, I literally felt like Tom Hanks in, in uh, what was that movie where he was stranded on the island? Wilson! Like that. <laughs> like, that's how I felt. I did it. Oh, man. And so the, the nice thing was my, my wife liked it. So if she didn't like it, I would be clean shaven today. But she liked it. And so I, 
I grew it back after I shaved it. I kept it like that for maybe a month. And then I'm like, you know, I'm going to just freaking grow it back. I, I love it. So I think that's that was when I met you, Kane. You were growing it out for the movie part. I think that was when I'd met you. Yeah. Yeah. That's I right. only know you with a beard. I, I didn't know you clean. I didn't know you clean shaven. Yeah. But going back to your initial question about the expectation. Yeah. Of being clean cut, clean shaven for men, for me, at least I felt that. Yeah. What about like this societal expectation of like washboard abs or because I think sometimes, right, the things or the um, the ideas that we have they come from this idea that maybe gets put on the other, the opposite sex, where mm. it's like, I don't know why women would like think that that's a thing or, you know, like, like, I guess I don't really know where it comes from, but I'm curious, like, you know, did you ever feel any pressure or anything like that to, with that kind of stuff, like, or, you know, do you know people who have? Yeah, for me, I, you know, even though I say I, you know, I had no real body issues, of course, I wanted washboard abs. So to me, there's a difference of wanting something and being prepared to want it. So I don't felt I was pressured to look a certain way, but I I personally want it. I tried a little bit, but <laughs> um, uh, Diana, you know a little bit more about my work ethic. It's too freaking hard. I love food too damn much to get it. So I just said, about well, Kane, I think you have a strong work ethic, but it's all about where your values are, right? Yes. And it's yes. like, it's like, mm, <laughs> Lily Bakery. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Or like, wash oh, I'm definitely with you. I'll, I'll, I'll get that waffle with you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, um, if there, if there was any pressure, it was pressure I put on myself. You know, I, I don't really, me, I don't, I try not to think about what other people think. In fact, for a long time, I had my life philosophy was F it. F it. That was my, that was my two words. Uh, you don't like me, I don't F it. Um, so, yeah, uh, but to speak to men, let's see. You know, and once again, I, I don't know what goes on. I see men who are bodybuilders in the gym, so they have to look a certain way. So. For them, because it's their profession, you know, I get it. So I don't know if there's too many guys. I don't know. I don't know guys like that who are selfishly or so into themselves that they think they have washboard abs. And so now they're going to get the woman of their dreams. You know, yeah. I can get the woman of my dreams the way I look now. I'm well, just saying. <laughs> I, I also just want to say and give a, a quick shout out to Liz, because I mean, in throughout all this like what i'm hearing is how much support she gives you how much unconditional love there is and how how much like you know like she sees you as you are as opposed to you know like like you know this is this, as much as kane loves his arms i love i love kane's arms whatever they look like kind of thing right yeah yeah um, and i i hear that a lot about her so i i just want to give her a shout out because i think that that's um that's another wonderful thing that you have yeah Nice. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, she's in the other room uh, working right now. So she's she can't be online. But and I think that that's something, you know, having a partner that's supportive of us like that. I mean, I don't want to make any big assumptions, but I feel like all three of us share that based on what I know of us. And I think that that's really important around body positivity issues is like our bodies are going to change throughout our lives. That is just the truth. There's nothing we can do to make that stop, at least not yet. 
And, you know, technology is not even close to making that possible. You know, having like friends, partners, family, whoever we surround ourselves with um, that is supportive of our bodies, period. Um, You know, in whatever state they're in. Um, And, you know, one thing that I really appreciate about my partner is when I, when I'm doing something that isn't positively supporting my body, you know, with my health past, he'll say to me, Hey, like that doesn't seem to be supporting you. Or, you know, is there something different that you could be doing to better support yourself? And I love that kind of feedback. So mm. I even yeah. love the way he questioned or he asks the question. Can you repeat that? Cause I feel like that's a, a really valuable way to ask that question where it doesn't come off with shame or judgment about whatever you're doing, but like it sounds more like it comes from a place of love. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the question he asked me is, you know, is that supporting your body or is there something that you could be doing that could support your body more? Um, and so it's not about losing, gaining weight. It's not about looking a certain way. It's really getting to the heart of the matter of, you know, does this support you in the life that you want to be living, which is I want to live a long, healthy life. He knows Mm -hmm. that. Um, and so he asked the questions in that way. And I'm really grateful for how gentle he is with me in that way. I desire to live a gentle life and I've had some pushback on that, um, you know, where people have kind of thrown it in my face. Oh, you live such a gentle life. And it's like, yeah, I do. I designed it that way. <laughs> yeah. I- I've lived a lot of hard before that and I don't enjoy it. I, I desire to live a gentle life. Yeah, you know what you talk about, Arliss, you bring up that I'm thinking about for me and I'm wondering if it's the same for the two of you. Is it different when we get married as far as how we look at our bodies compared to when we're always single, right? So I feel that way for me when I, when I got married, I'm like, okay, well, that's it. I don't need to impress anyone, I, I'm good. And so, Maybe that's why a little bit of how I look today. And like, so what do you guys think? I'll share. So I think it's really interesting you ask this because probably the very first time I'd ever really felt comfortable in my body was with my husband. So before that, if anybody touched my stomach, touched me, like I would recoil. I would have like a physical reaction of like, oh, that's not safe. So he was actually the very first person I felt fully safe in my body with. And like I dated other people and I I don't know, like I had been skinnier at points, but it was like at any size with him has been the first time that I felt fully safe in my body and fully um, comfortable. And I I just want to say as well that I don't think that that has to be the case, right? That you don't need a partner to feel fully comfortable in your body, but that that was just how that happened for me. I definitely did not feel comfortable in my skin. And even there were still places where I needed to um, get more comfortable in my skin, but he was one of the very first places where I, I started to feel safe. How about you, Arliss? Yeah. So my partner and I, we aren't married. Uh, we have been together a little over four years. I think that one thing that really sets, um, things apart for me in this relationship and, um, and really makes it so safe and comfortable for me in this relationship is that he and I started dating when I was at my, my biggest size. So I was um, 318 pounds, a size 20, 22. And um, 
I mean, it was, I knew it was very obvious, you know, how attractive he found me to be. And mm -hmm. he was also one of the very first partners that I'd ever had that like, you know, like you said, like held my belly or touched my belly in a very loving way. And when, and I, and I would pull away at first and, you know, he, he would say, no, it's, you know, you're beautiful. Every part of you is beautiful. And so now I weigh 270 and I'm a size um, 14, 16, and he finds me just as beautiful. And to me, um, it's, it's like, I, it doesn't, in the last year, it's kind of fallen away, like as far as caring about what size I am to be attractive, like that, that concept has like totally fallen away, especially in the last year. Um, and it's part because of this relationship that I'm in where I have somebody in my life that accepts me in every shape and size. And it's partly because I've started to accept myself in every mm -hmm. shape and size. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm grateful that he kind of opened that door for me, um, so that I could fully walk in myself. Yeah, I, I think, uh, thank you guys for sharing. I think it is a interesting question for those who are single. I feel the pressure. Here's the thing, looking back, I was trying to remember, I haven't really been single. You know, I went from a 17, a 17 year old father so that my daughter's mother and I were together for 11 years. And now with Liz, 17 years, we've been married 20 years, we've been together, you know, so I haven't really been single. So um, maybe that also, I was thinking, maybe that also played into my concept of how my body looks because like Arliss, I had supportive partners that, that didn't care, didn't really mind. So, but I'm wondering at the same time for those who are single and trying to get a mate the the pressure and stress that they feel they put on their bodies and how they look um maybe someone in the chat i don't know my chat stopped working is anybody else chatting i i stopped <laughs> looking because every time i tried to look it would play the sound oh, oh yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah, yeah i was yeah. like i'm just gonna stop trying to look um yeah i think that that's a really really good point kane about single people and not and wondering about what what their experience yeah. um can be like because what i'm hearing for us is that there was a there was a space where we all felt safe and validated or um where we where we felt we could be ourselves yeah and i wonder i wonder what that experience is like because same with you like i i've been with my husband for like 12 years and then mm -hmm. was with someone before that for like eight so it yeah. was yeah i haven't had that single experience so much how about you arliss have you it's interesting that you guys talk about that because I haven't either. Um, so I, my first husband, I've been divorced. Um, we started dating in high school and got married out of college and we were together for 11 and a half years total. Um, and then I dated um, who a person who's a very good friend, dear friend of mine now um, for almost eight years. And then I've been with Matthew for four. So I also haven't had that exact experience. Um, I have in the past though, in my past relationships, been in open relationships um, where my partner and I were dating other people for the, you know, for the first time. And so there is a little bit of that, I will say, um, but I always had a safe um, primary relationship. So it's definitely not um, the same experience as being completely single. And I think that that's a great avenue for Diana and I to explore and have a guest on 
that can talk about that experience and talk about, you know, societal pressures, roles in that experience. Yeah, yeah, nice. I'm glad I, I brought it up. Yeah, for sure. I think I almost am like, clearly we need a guest on this because we're clueless, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> we need to find a guest who can share this on this. Um, but with that in mind, Kane, I'd love to know, do you have any closing thoughts or anything else that you'd like to share about um, body positivity and males specifically? Mm. Uh, for body positivity, um, just be Polynesian. <laughs> That's excellent advice. <laughs> yeah, or think think like a Polynesian. Okay, there you go. Think like a Polynesian. And then uh, for males, I, I'm kind of in a bubble. I don't hang out with too many male guys nowadays, especially COVID. A lot of my friends are far away and they're all Polynesian. So it's hard for me to, to speak to the male perspective and I'm a man. Just be good. Just be good to yourself and to others. I think that's the, the main, my main takeaway whether you're male or woman and, and um, love yourself. Because when you love yourself, you can go far in life, I feel. It's, yeah, that's my, my final words. Love yourself, love you guys. Yay. Um, so next week, and I believe next week we're switching to Wednesday, right? Yeah, so next week we're gonna switch to Wednesday, 4.30 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time, 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. Um, yes, and you know, some of the ideas that we had for that, um, actually, Kane, if you have any thoughts on this, is, um, you know, different ways that atypical bodies or non-standard, um, that there can be attacks associated with that, or that there can be challenges that are faced where like, like, for example, plus size clothing can be more expensive, or there needs to be lighting set up for specific skin tones, or how the medical system was based around science um, and research that was done first on the male body. No, not not that specific, but I did have another suggestion, maybe yeah. uh, people who suffer medical issues, whether it's an amputee or like my wife was on dialysis and a lot of dialysis patients, they have these bumps on their arms that kind of looks, un, you know, a little unseemly. And so they get, they're, they're kind of shame where they cover it up. They try and cover it up all the time. So medical people with medical issues, I think would also be a great. Yeah. I, I am so grateful you brought that up because there's, I think that we have two topics in that Diana, we have um, medical issues that are physically apparent yeah. and medical issues that are not that are that can be just as serious and and so thank you so much that that's a great suggestion Kane. yeah you're welcome i love that awesome well thank you Kane, for joining us today um as you know diana and i are huge fans of you and everything that you do uh, we feel so honored that you are our first guest thank you for sharing your insight on you know loving your body and the polynesian way i think that that is something we can all learn and grow through i love that big is beautiful and you know really tapping into strength of mind body spirit is how that came across to me so thank you kate Thank you guys. I love you guys so much. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to encourage you keep going because this is definitely a, a show, a, a message, a platform that the world needs. So if, it, if there's anything I can do to support you guys, please let me know. Thank you. You've done, you. you helped me with all the live Facebook stuff this morning. So hopefully we're 
getting better and better every single time and and um, that comes from your ex expertise and knowledge and awesome. we feel very grateful to have you Kane. i'll see you guys love you guys bye love bye. you bye <laughs>